Hi, welcome to The Stir Before Breakfast, the podcast where we review TV series finales through the eyes of someone that's never watched the show. I'm Mike Dervell, and I have seen none of Samurai Jack. I'm Melanie Germain, and I have seen none of Samurai Jack, possibly? Not too sure. I'm a special guest star, Chris Nairati, and I have seen every episode of Samurai Jack. Wow, Chris. Nice. What an intro. Thank you. How are you doing, Chris? I'm full of sugar and energy. (laughs) (laughs) I had a hot chocolate before this, and I'm bouncing off the walls, ready to talk about samurais and bright colors and loud noises. Oh. It's interesting, because normally you're talking about super spies and getting drunk and shooting things. That is a good point. I am (laughs) maybe not best known for, but I do have a podcast (laughs) called Boozing and Bonding, where uh, me and my friend and Keegan Flick Parker review every James Bond movie through the lens of alcoholics, I guess. <laughs> it's not the best way to phrase it. We, we pick a drink and match it with the James Bond movie. Then we drink the drink. And while we drink it, we comment on the movie from, I've been told, a woke perspective, but I cannot comment or deny that. Because <laughs> watching James Bond movies through a woke perspective is, or even just like a 2021 perspective, is very... Uh, Mm, interesting let's say yeah uh, we both we both love and despise this jimmy bond character but it is i mean it's, it's definitely very I, I would like to say very entertaining and a great show that everyone should listen to <laughs> even though uh, even if you haven't seen a james bond movie i would like to imagine that we joke around and paint a picture that's broad enough that anybody watching will understand if you only listen to one episode listen to the Moonraker episode because that movie is batshit crazy and i absolutely <laughs> love it they go to space and that is the least craziest thing about Moonraker. is that the one with the, the ninjas there are ninjas in multiple ones. This one, there's a oh really? There's a kendo. Uh, there's a guy who fights with a kendo sword, so like the wooden sword, and they mm-hmm. fight in literally a glass shop. That's hilarious. <laughs> they just hit everything <laughs> along the way. Oh it's gosh. so very good. That's the other one that has Jaws. That uh, second appearance of Jaws, and he uh, falls in love. And that's how you stop. Jaws is an unstoppable beast, but the only thing that can stop him is the power of true love. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't want to be the the bummer and say that I miss live shows right now, but uh, I did see the Gentleman Hecklers do Moonraker, and that was a uh, fantastic. I really wish I saw yeah. them do that. Yeah, yeah, it's such a it's such a fun movie. The Gentleman Hecklers are a local. Uh, what do you call them? Mystery Science Theater. I'd say the Rift Tracks. Yeah, Rift Tracks. That's done here in Vancouver, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to see live shows again someday. But. They're great, Mm -hmm. but they're not me. So let's stop talking about. Yeah. And you know what? uh, Maybe we should talk about what we know about Samurai Jack. Yeah. What do you guys know about show? So I'm going to say something that I'm pretty sure is wrong, but I'm going to say it because this is what I thought is that I think Samurai Jack is a show that doesn't have dialogue in it. Hmm. And I'm not sure where I got that from. Melanie, what do you know about Samurai Jack? Um, I think it has something to do with time oh and i think it has something to do with a demon who is tall dark and redheaded and uh i think samurai jack is possibly a samurai go on and his name is jack (laughs) uh, and that his name is jack yeah and um I just I just love the idea. It's like maybe his name isn't Jack. Maybe it's like Samurai Joe, but then everyone calls him Jack. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a very, very <laughs> real possibility. I can't I can't say anything during this, right? 
No. Okay. No, no right. spoilies. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. <laughs> so, uh, that, yeah, I, I think there's demons and there's a samurai. I, I feel like there is dialogue, but it's very, very limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, I do seem to remember there's like a demon that has like big lips that I've seen in gifts before. So like maybe that's yeah, 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 one you're big pre- lips and redhead. Yeah, tall, dark, and handsome. Okay, a tall, dark, handsome redhead sounds like my type <laughs> of demon. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's yeah, that's about it. That's all I know. I th- yeah, I think there's a time aspect to it. I'm, I don't know how I know that. Or if that's real. I might have dreamed it. Who knows? Well, this is going to be interesting then, because neither of us really have, <laughs> I feel like, much of us grasp on what the show is. I, I know the art is pretty. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, and I guess we should mention, you, you, you sir, uh, Chris, are an animator. I am. And you're. we're going to be watching this animated show together, which is kind of exciting. You guys have not done an animated show yet? We've done several. Well, we have, but not with an animator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. Wait, what did my friend Dennis do? He did Dawson's Creek. He did Dawson's Creek. <laughs> what the hell, Dennis? Dennis? Yeah. I don't want to wait. Um, that's, yeah, I'm going to have to roast him later, but that's, uh, you guys, you guys need to up your animation quota, I got to say. Yeah. All right, we're going to watch the final episode of Samurai Jack. If you want to watch it along at home, it's not available to stream at all in Canada, but you can purchase it on Google Play. Uh, we'll be right back. Right, so we're back. Uh, why don't we start by Melanie telling us what happened here? Okay, time travel. I was right. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Mike was wrong about there being no dialogue. Yes. Yes, there was lots yep, of dialogue. Yep. The dialogue. Aku, tall, dark, and handsome with the red hair. Hans- handsome. You you settled on handsome. Okay. He is handsome. Is he right. handsome? You don't <laughs> I, like his big green lips? Those beautiful flaming eyebrows. Yes. I love yeah. the lips. Honestly, they just drew me in. <laughs> Very striking. Uh, okay. So it goes out. There's everyone has a TV because it's the future. Uh, there are there are flames of the TV. And then we have Scottish Lassies, Ghost Daddy, uh, Fork People, Dancers, Monkeys, Jawas, um, uh, there's a statue of Samurai Jack, which I didn't understand, but we'll probably get to that later. Uh, there were tall guys, dogs with explorer hats, robots, uh, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so let's talk about those dogs for a sec. That was that really threw me off guard. Like, there's a lot of weird things happening, but it isn't. Super- After everything she listed, the dogs is what broke you. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, a little bit. Because- I said fork people. Yeah, that didn't get you. No. Okay. No, the monkey people, no? But the dogs with explorer hats on? Yeah, sure, okay. What about the ravers? Did that not throw you? Well, the well, the ravers and the Scottish people are just like, okay, well, this just seems like a planet or something. I don't know. But then the dog talking was like, okay, well, these are clearly dogs that are speaking English. That is unusual. Well, there, there were robots. Like, there were sentient robots, too. The dogs? No, there were robots as well as dogs. It's the future, man. There are no, there are, there, anything is possible. I mean, I would say that robots are more possible than talking dogs in the future. Well, clearly you are not creative enough. <laughs> clearly you and I are frequenting different blogs. 
Yeah. Dogs will talk in future. Um, anyways. And also, you don't question their hats. They were walking on two feet and, and had hats, explorer hats. Did, did you want to say something about the dogs, Chris? What are the dogs? Is there a significance to the dogs? I mean, do you, I, I, I don't know if you want me to give away so much of what happened in, in, the, in the whole series, but all of these uh, factions, I would say, are called the, the, the first kind of 10 minutes of this is mostly fan service of things that happened in the past four seasons. Oh, I totally figured that. Yeah. So these, these are all different uh, episodes, characters that Jack has saved them at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Starting in the, in the pilot, the pilots, a three episode pilot, those Explorer dogs are, is kind of the first faction that Jack saves from Aku. Right. And they, they are descendants of us earth dogs. They just have learned how to walk and talk over time. They're actually, why they're wearing those hats, they're archaeologists. And they're finding uh, out about their doggy ancestors. I see. Okay. See, see, Mike, it all checks out. Yeah. You can tell what a dog's job is judging from their hat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a cowboy hat, we would know. Cowboys. You no, know, they're cowboy dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You, I was holding my tongue when you're like, I think there's no dialogue. This episode, the finale, is weird because there's this much dialogue. Uh. Normally, the show is very, very sparse with dialogue. But in general, and I and I say this maybe is, is a fault of this finale, they cram a lot of stuff into this last episode because they need to finish everything. Mm-hmm. So the amount of dialogue, the amount of exposition they have to kind of get through to get from point A to point B is a lot more than a regular Samurai Jack episode. Right. And there are spots in this where there's, you know, long, lengthy bits of no dialogue, but even still, this episode is much higher dialogue than most Samurai Jack episodes. I see. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I have a question, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Was the time travel thing like prominent from the first episode onward, and that's the show? Or is it like a season finale thing that that happened? Because I don't know how many seasons this was either. This was the fifth season. It got canceled after four seasons. And this season was like almost, I believe, almost a decade afterwards. Oh, shit. They were like, there's enough fan uh, support. And I mean, if you want me to get into the history of how great Gendy Tartakovsky is, that's another kind of topic. But specifically about the time travel, um, in the first episode... Aku takes over. Jack is like a 10-year-old boy. They show all of his training. At the end of the first episode, he gets sent way, way into the future because he was going to kill Aku. Gotcha. And the whole whole premise of the show, I mean, they didn't show the original theme song. You showed the season five theme song that happened to this where he's like, I have not aged and everything is bad. But the original theme song you saw a snippet of, that was the first beginning of Aku's broadcast where he says like, long ago in a distant land, I Aku. That's the beginning of the original theme song. Okay, cool. The part that you're missing of the original theme song is once they show him in the future, the theme song goes, gotta get back, back to the past Samurai Jack. (laughs) And they repeat that over and over again. So they really hammer in. This is Samurai Jack, and he's got to get back to the past. So right, time travel right. has always been front and center, or at least the end goal of this show. Cool. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I really like the score in this, for sure. Like, the music was really, really fun. The music and the sound. And the I sound. love how sometimes they just, there was no music at all, and it was just, like, the wind blowing, especially in that last scene. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous to listen to and to watch. Yes. Two things, uh, because we watched it with closed captions. This is the first time uh, I saw the closed caption warbling noise, 
which was pretty great. I've never seen that before. Um, but also you actually uh, pinpointed on one of Gendy Tartakovsky's signature styles as a director. He believes in extremes, in going from one extreme to another to achieve a, either a dramatic point or a comedic point. Mm-hmm. And that can be from colors. Like the last shot you'll notice was very muted, except for one very bright shot of red. Uh, it can be for action, for animation. So very still or little movement to a whole ton of movement. Right. And definitely sound. Sound is the easiest one to pick up on, on things being very quiet and then being insanely loud. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was really, it was really cool. I really liked it. Um, I don't know where we are anymore. <laughs> so Aku broadcast the original theme song, I think. Uh, was yes, the, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, basically a great plan on Aku's part. He announces victory and cap like in capturing Samurai da- Jack to all of his enemies. Mm-hmm. Smart, smart plan. Cause that's what you want to <laughs> do. Uh, then there's Ashi who is mind controlled. And I wrote lover question mark. And then yes, at the end, we kind of figured that out. If I was to hazard a guest here, mm-hmm. uh, I would say that it's not necessarily that he was saying it to his enemies but to his subjects like he looked like yes. he was some sort of dictator or leader of them or ruler yes but if your subjects are your enemies <laughs> yes yeah. you you you've got it both correct actually because aku is aku is such a great villain he, he originally was voiced by uh uh mako a uh, 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 Japanese actor who I believe was in the Conan movies and he was also a major character in Avatar The Last Airbender. He passed away between when the show ended and now so now Greg Baldwin kind of picked it up and the theme song was cool because it was originally Mako saying the theme song in this episode and then it, when he says pulls a Borat and says not mm-hmm. that's Greg Baldwin <laughs> okay. uh, doing it there but he's such a fun character because he can be totally evil and very menacing and very dictator uh, authoritative and then he can turn on a dime to be rather hilarious and this shows like his egotistical nature of being like i have achieved my life goal so i must brag about it to the entire world that i have subjugated um it's so but but you kind of pinpointed on the fact that before jack arrived into this future everybody was under Aku's thumb. Yeah. Nobody was daring to re- rebel against him. So if he did this same kind of message, maybe before Jack got there, nobody would think about actually rising up and fighting against him. It would just right, be right, right. more propaganda. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows the progress of the show from where, you know, Aku still is feeling like he's that, you know, benevolent overlord, but things have changed in his world since Jack has arrived. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. I'm just saying that if I was a dictator, I probably <laughs> probably wouldn't yeah. wouldn't do that. That's all. No. And I, I would also take away your Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his comedy is like really great though. I love when he was trying to pick how to kill Jack and he's like, is this too much? Is this too little? <laughs> and I was just like he just kept going through all of these weapons and I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Uh yeah. Then he called Ashy daughter. And is that okay? Is is she actually his daughter or is she like, was she created by him or something? Like what's going on there? Yeah, she's, she said something like, I'm not really your daughter to him when he said that she was his daughter. But then she disappeared at the end and saying that I can't exist without him. So yeah, that does seem to leave things ambiguous from our perspective. Yeah, Ashi is interesting because she's a character who only existed in this season. Oh, mm. interesting. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because one of the things that I liked about picking this show is that the fifth season is the only season that is serialized. You, that's the only one that has like an ongoing plot from episode to episode. Okay. Oh. Season one through four, you could pick up any episode out of order and enjoy it just as a fun action or comedy or dramatic story. 
that's where all these kind of crazy characters you saw at the beginning, because they're all just kind of one shots. When they brought it back, they wanted to kind of tell a longer, more serious story. So and on top of also finishing the story they made it more mature it was actually shown on adult swim oh. uh, as opposed to regular like saturday morning cartoons which the original was so this last season they had blood normally when jack kills somebody it turns out it's a robot or something like that but now he actually attacks people oh, yeah okay and the reason i preface all of this is that ashi's story is there was this cult that worshipped aku i can't remember their name but some evil cult and aku essentially you know how Aku can kind of change and morph his like weird inky body to do whatever he want? Yeah. He essentially gave part of his body to inseminate into this woman. Oh. Okay. And so along with Ashi, there was a couple other daughters who were bred for one purpose, and that was to kill Samurai Jack. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And she and Jack, spoiler alert, fell in love. Yeah, they covered that. Yeah. <laughs> this whole season was actually, a lot of it was on Ashi's character arc and how she went from wanting to kill Samurai Jack to falling in love with Samurai Jack and kind of unbeing brainwashed from this cult of Aku. Okay. So she is technically Aku's daughter as much as you can be a daughter of an amorphous blob demon. Right. I hope that answers that. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, that 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 makes the her like fading away into nothing kind of more clear. Yeah. Why did it take so long for it's just cuz so that he could see her in a wedding dress so that when she passes away it was yeah, like Yeah, it was it was cruel fate of It was it's like I feel like that should have happened like right away but like yeah, sure, give them It really is kind of dumb of Yeah, the, I I'll be also honest, a lot of fans didn't really like this finale or didn't like how the show ended. No. There was a lot of criticism for it. I grew to accept it with this very melancholy ending, but Jack Jack is not the smartest guy. Also, side side note, you were actually kind of right, Mike. His name is not Jack. Okay. <laughs> it, it, that's just what people called him when he arrived in the future. You're like, whoa, that Jack was jumping on stuff and doing flips. That Jack was out of here. So he's like, they call me Jack. So what is his name? We don't know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we never know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so what was my point? <laughs> Um, oh, the ending. Yes, Jack is not necessarily the smartest. He surely should have cued in being like his whole plan was to go to kill Aku before he took over the world and all his bad stuff happened. But in doing so, he really should have also clued in, oh, everybody who I met and befriended and helped in this timeline, it's back to the future rules, they won't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he didn't clue on to that. And that's, I mean, he's not the smartest, but also he really should have clued that in. Yeah. So they, they really just, and he, she... She lasted long enough to make it dramatic, essentially. Yeah, I guess I was confused by the timing of like why killing this guy means that everything would cease to exist. Mm -hmm. This is Back to the Future 1 rules. Yes. So the fade away, okay. Fade away like the photograph type thing. But he's talking to her like he knows who she is and why she exists, which means that he presumably called her... Or did he know that he was about to create her? Again, back to the future worlds. <laughs> Marty McFly remembers all of his travels through time. Right. But did he create her in the future and then come back to the past? What? What? He didn't create her. It's Aku's daughter. Do we have to go through the artificial insemination again? Sorry. Sorry. I'm talking, I'm talking about Aku. I'm talking about Aku. I don't. I was confused as to why Aku and his daughter were fighting together. Oh. At the, at the end? Like during the battle? During the battle. If, if, of course, killing him during this battle means that she wouldn't exist anymore because... What, when does she get created? Like, if we say that the battle that we saw was year zero. The battle that we we saw, she is clearly not under her own power. She's trying to get out of this inky blob thing the entire time. Yeah. So she's, like, 
being mind controlled or something. Yeah, the Yaku power essentially took over. But did he pull her from the future to fight in this present battle? Like if the battle takes place in Are you talking uh, when you say when you say he, you're talking about Aku, yes? Yeah, I'm talking about Aku, yeah. <laughs> yes, use names, that helps. <laughs> the battle was in the future. Yes, the battle was in the future where the majority of the show takes place. But then why would killing him in the future affect this daughter that presumably came from the past, unless she's also from the future. She did not come from the no, past. No, no, she did not from the, she came from, she came from the present future. Uh, the <laughs> only person who came from the past, this is actually the most simplest of time travel plots. <laughs> There's only two timelines, the past and the future. We okay. don't get more complicated than that. Okay. Everything happened in this future, including Ashi becoming alive and Samurai Jack falling in love with her. Yes, but the battle itself took place in the past. No, the future. Also the future. So then why did killing him in that battle make her disappear if it happened in the future? Was the battle of the future? No, they went back we- in the past and then they killed Aku. Ashi took Samurai Jack to the past. This shouldn't be difficult. Ashi took Samurai Jack back to the past and killed Aku Originally, like what I see. Okay. Do I have to draw okay. a flow chart for no, you? No, Melanie with, made, made a with, with bits of string attached to di- two different <laughs> timelines, being like, "This is the past. This is the future." You really, really overcomplicated this. This isn't like Doctor Who or Bill and Ted, even in terms of complicated timelines. No, it's, <laughs> it's a very straightforward. That everything is happening in the future, except for one thing that happened in the past, which you thought happened in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're I think you're there with us, right, Mike? Okay, so so that moment that moment where he sends Samurai Jack away and then he comes back. When he comes back, he's in the past. That's like the first episode. Yes. Oh. That was the first episode. It was actually the animation from the first episode. They recreated it. Oh. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So essentially, uh in the timeline, uh Aku in the first episode sends Samurai Jack far flung into the future and then only moments later he comes right back and it keeps attacking him. <laughs> yeah. That was dope. That was nice. That was really clean uh how they like finished him off and everything. Like he was even in a weakened state so it made sense to me and everything. Um speaking of clean, let's talk about that art for a bit. Okay. Oh yeah. That beautiful Beautiful art. Probably one of my favorite things about this show is how clean and clear and incredibly diverse the characters look. Clean, clear, under control. He's got no acne on that face. (laughs) Heck yeah. But no, it really is. This is this is where getting to animator geeking out moment. Just in terms of like how how the characters look overall. There's very little line art. It's just color on color. The, the actual mm-hmm. premise for the show in terms of art direction was white versus black over red. Sorry, Chris, as, as a peasant such as myself, can you explain what you mean by line art? Yeah, essentially the, the, uh, when you draw a character, uh, the, the line that separates color to color usually is painted black. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Samurai Jack, they just take away that line altogether. So it's literally just color on top of other color. Oh, they really only use line when you need to specify a certain object or hands because there's a lot of different, you know, lo- different details and hands. So they kind of have to have. But even when they do that, they use a colored line instead of a straight black line. OK, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was um, it was really, really pretty to look at for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it visually. Yeah, I just 
I, I was constantly yeah in awe of it um, in terms of the colors. Like I like really colorful things, and I was like, ooh, colorful. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, thank you for letting me geek out about the art for a bit. You yeah. may continue with plot. Oh yeah, no worries. I totally <laughs> agree. Um, okay, well, gosh, we like jumped ahead from the beginning to the end really quick. Let's talk about middle stuff for a little bit. Sure, um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed. Aku like fighting all of those people <laughs> I thought that was a really great bit or whatever the the it was a great moment Scottish daddy was my favorite I love that you love Scottish daddy Scottish daddy is fantastic when voiced by Bender himself John DiMaggio I totally recognized him um yeah and then oh uh when Aku like goes up into the sky and then it basically yeah. rains down his ink and stuff and it starts killing everybody I was like this is fucking sweet and the sound design makes you know that this is heavy it's not like rain this is like metal yeah. rain yeah. down on you yeah it's like and even the way it was like it went into people you're like oh yeah like they're dying <laughs> it's <laughs> it's got some weight behind it and then scottish daddy saves the day with like a a tune or whatever you like magic bagpipe magic bagpipe <laughs> that like destroys all of them i was like this is this is really cool it was really sweet i, I really enjoyed it um yeah and then yeah uh, ashi ashi time traveling back to the original fight I thought it was really great. I thought it was very clear, but I don't think it was for Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, let's not drag him anymore. I think he's with us. It's fine. Hey, man, okay. I saw only this episode and no other episodes. Oh, you get to use that excuse so frequently. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, so. But you skipped over so many other things. The Raiders flew in in giant birds. There was there was, there was the 300 Spartans there all of a sudden. That was, I was like Leonidas. Yep. <laughs> I didn't realize he was part of it because he wasn't part of the thing at the beginning yeah no mm -hmm. like uh, uh, basically everybody that was that i tried to mention at the beginning of the show showed up to help samurai jack there was a giant robotic samurai yeah that, yeah, it, that was, was a robot it was a stone stone samurai it was a giant it was like a stone mecha type of it thing it was sweet but it, uh, basically everything that happened within that like i don't know if i can go into details because there was a lot happening and again it's all it's all fan service and callbacks to episodes prior yeah so. i like even not like i understood that that was what was happening but even you know, not having no attachment to uh, that fan service in particular. I really enjoyed it. It was just really cool to watch. <laughs> Honestly, just describing it like how you did by saying, you know, dogs, uh, DJs, Spartans, and a giant robot fight a demon. Yeah. If you're not interested in this series, I don't know what's going to get you there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to pick out a favorite of mine, which was the... I want to say there was a deer and there were bagpipes and the magical bagpipes were making the deer float. Yes. That was probably my favorite. Yeah, that was Scottish Daddy. Let's talk about the Scotsman for a bit. He's also, he doesn't have a name also. He's just known as the Scotsman. Of course, yep. of course he doesn't. And he is, you can probably tell, a fan favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, I, I say lots of these are just one-offs. The Scotsman appeared, I believe, in three Samurai Jack episodes prior. Oh, wow. And his first introduction is he's a he's a friendly nemesis. The first episode, they're at odds, and then they become friends. Okay. He's kind of like Knuckles to Samurai Jack's Sonic, <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay. An analogy anyone can understand. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but they, they have a rivalry, you know, like Samurai Code versus Celtic Magic, uh, but they, they're still friends you you meet his wife in another episode and you find out now in the future he has 
a shit ton of daughters, many, many daughters. Many, yeah. many daughters. <laughs> I like how they listed all of them off. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. There's more. <laughs> great, 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 great. Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, they just kept going. It was amazing. And they were all riding deer. All riding deer. Yeah. All badass redheads. Yeah, no, it was great. Fucking cool, man. What's not to love? Yeah. <laughs> What's not to love? I guess if I was to ask you something, Chris, of all the various fan servicey moments, which one pulled back to your favorite episode? And what was the connection to that episode from this episode here? A couple, I would say. There's some pulls that I was like, really, these guys? Like the uh, the what you describe as the fork people. They're like underwater people that talk with liver puddly in accents. Mm. Uh, they didn't talk much in this episode, but they're from like a random one-off like underwater episode. I'm like, really? We're featuring these guys? Because there's lots of other characters that you have not <laughs> featured yet in this fifth season <laughs> victory lap. There's so much fan service, but not the specific fan service yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was the Woolies. They were kind of like Woolly Mammoth with people and i'm like okay these guys were like an early episode of samurai jack so i can see them being here so uh um i think the two that sparked me the most was the scotsman because mm-hmm. actually in this whole series you see the scotsman before um he actually dies in this episode aku kills him uh oh. h- him and his daughters attempt a, a coup against aku and that <laughs> fails and and yeah an Aku. Yeah, it's yeah. good. <laughs> but uh, uh, you actually see him turn into a ghost because he has Celtic magic. Uh, but he actually didn't get reunited with Jack until this episode. So just seeing him interact with Jack again and being like, you can have your choice of any of my daughters. What, my daughters aren't good enough for you? Like, it's <laughs> it's just so encouraging because Jack is a, is a very straight man, very stoic. And the Scotsman is so loud and boisterous that they're just such a good foil and friendship together so just that little moment of seeing them interact at all was probably the best second best is the djs and you might not or the ravers because i don't think you really get it from this one but the the episode jack versus the rave i think it's called is also a fan favorite episode because in that one uh the rave is actually controlled by aku and uh is controlling the youth of this town to you know fight for him but it's also at this big rave so there's all these dancing and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the whole plot is aku has to infiltrate the rave so he gets decked out in like rave wear <laughs> and disguises <laughs> his fighting as dancing so I, I think i think even though the ravers in this don't really contribute too much i remember how great that episode was and i'm just like oh yeah that was like one of the best episodes mm-hmm. amazing wow yeah and then from all those uh, amazing fight moments. They go back in time and they kill Aku, mm-hmm. and it's it's like I said, clean, simple, easy. And then uh, yeah, then it's like wedding time. People from around the world come to see. Yeah, like Robin Hood shows up. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you also find it in the first episode. Uh, um, once Aku took over, Jack was trained literally around the world in martial arts everywhere. Oh. So these these are actually all the people who trained him when he was a child. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's very cool. Very multicultural. I like it. And when these people were featured in the first season or they were only except for the um, except for the uh, the African tribe. Mm -hmm. They were all only on the first episode where they show Jack training around the world. Right. But there's a special flashback episode of of his time in Africa um, as a kid. And uh, they feature a bit more development on that. 
But Ooh. otherwise, they're just kind of like one shot. So I'm kind of surprised they took time to like really focus in on, you know, there's the Greek guy. Here's Robin Hood. Here are the Vikings. Here. Are the, yeah. Really cool. I like seeing that much, uh, you know, multiculturalism. I, I, I will say a mark against it. And personally, I think we'll get into this on our rating. I think this should have been two episodes to really get the Samurai Jack uh, timing and plotting. I think mm. this should have they should have drawn out the fight more, brought in even more fan service and the episode end once ashi is about to kill jack or just regains control and then the end being a nice long uh epilogue to really kind of deal in because i don't know if he picked out on who jack's dad and mom were but he hardly had time to reconnect with them <laughs> and they are de- there's a there's a i believe the only emmy nominated episode is about jack's father and how he first encountered aku mm. so like there's a lot of development on those characters that didn't get the closure that I think was needed mm-hmm. right but we, we taking away the point that uh after all this fun and action we get a bit of a gut punch as ashi just kind of <laughs> fades away yeah. yeah and then that's it man that's just it that, the end of this fun loving romp of this time of like jack infiltrating a rave and these dog people uh ends on a very melancholy note well i mean you yeah I, I liked it, though. It, it felt very samurai-esque for some reason of like... It did, yeah. yeah. You know, him, all the colors turning a little faded and then him on his horse and, and then this ladybug shows up and he kind of... One bright little bit of color on that ladybug. Yeah, and then it like symbolizes him having to let her go. And then and then the color of the world just comes back. Like it was beautiful. I thought I just it was gorgeous. This is a good looking show. You, you know? picked up on subtext. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was yeah, I think a lot of people were upset over how it ended, but I I am I'm, I'm a sucker for kind of melancholy, neither happy nor sad endings. Um and I think this definitely fits with some of the other episodes in the season. Cause I mentioned some of the funnier episodes, but there definitely are. I, I, the reason why I love this show is it's what I would describe as a perfect concept show. The concept allows it to do anything it wants funny, dramatic, action packed, uh, slapstick. Like you can bring in all these ridiculous things, like just essentially do Frank Miller's 300. You can do that in an episode. The only other show that I think can do this is Doctor Who. I think that's the only other like perfect concept show where you can do any kind of story. So to have that kind of melancholy ending does bring it back to that kind of space of no, this show can also be sad and can also not be totally satisfying. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's 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 life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, uh, what did Samurai Jack mean to you? Like before this this uh, episode, Samurai, what did the show mean to you? Yeah, the show means it, it's definitely one of my favorite shows. Period. And I think it's a huge influence to me because I I'm I've always been a fan of simplistic action comedy and like i said perfect comedy shows shows that have their dessert needed too um hey that's like the show that i'm on right now (laughs) but it's 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 tough to really explain how it means to me personally it definitely contributed to my animation style and my artistic style but also in terms of the type of products i kind of want to do and, and put out there in the world 
this this is a good transition to just kind of talk about Gendy Tartakovsky, the creator of Samurai Jack, uh, who, and I don't use this world lightly. He is an animation genius. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no other way to describe it. The way he does uh, uh, direction, choreography, storyboarding, action, it's all extremely well thought out and meticulous. He's done this, uh, probably his earliest show that he had more creative control over was Dexter's Laboratory. That was his mm. first kind of creator show. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the the genesis of Samurai Jack in Dexter's Lab is that flat UPA kind of style looking uh, art style. Uh, he also does the kind of things where things are really quiet and then super loud for comedic purposes. Uh, and he just kind of takes that and says, I want to do that, but do an action show. At the time in the 2000s, there was very little American done action cartoons. Right. Not just for kids, but for adults as well. There was just, there was not much out there. It was all kind of wacky comedies or anime. Cause that was right when Pokemon just kind of took over. Mm-hmm. So he really wanted the mandate of being like, I want the visuals to do the talking. I want you to watch an episode and completely understand what's going on and pick up anyone here and there and appreciate it for for an artistic merit and he's continues to do that it's it's kind of frustrating because if i can just go on a kind of tangent about this guy's career he worked on another show he really wanted to finish samurai jack right when this when this ended he wanted to finish samurai jack everybody was on board phil lamar who does the voice of jack was all gung-ho mako when he was still alive at this point really wanted to do it and there was talks of a samurai jack movie an actual feature at that time, Cartoon Network was a little bit hesitant on doing features because they did the Powerpuff Girl movie, which Gendy did work on as well. He worked on that with his friend Craig McCracken. Uh, and you can also kind of see some correlation between Powerpuff Girls and this. Uh, and Powerpuff Girls, the movie, didn't do that quite well in cinemas. So they were like, uh, this show that's not as popular as Powerpuff Girls, no, we're not going to, even though the last episode of season four does not wrap up anything. It's an unrelated episode to do with the, the main plot. <laughs> uh, it's a retelling of Momotaro, the Peach Boy, the old Japanese folklore. Um, so for a long time, fans wanted this to continue. And this is just the start of Gendy Tartakovsky's rough luck in the animation industry, despite being, like I said, a genius. His next show is kind of a tribute to mecha animes called Symbiotic Titan. Check mm. out this show. <laughs> it is so good. Only had one season, did not finish their storyline. Cartoon Network buried it. It was really around the time when Cartoon Network did not... I think it was around the time where Cartoon Network wanted to do live action stuff too. Yeah. They were really just didn't know what they were doing. But it's, I think it's on Netflix now, Symbiotic Titan. So check it out. Cool. That's my recommendation. <laughs> uh, and at this point, he left Cartoon Network kind of annoyed that he wasn't getting his way. And he went over to uh, a studio that was struggling to find... Uh, a director for this feature that went through, I believe, three other directors before him called Hotel Transylvania, (laughs) the (laughs) Adam Sandler Dracula movie. And he took, on paper, a dumb Adam Sandler movie and made it freaking beautiful. Have either of you seen Hotel Transylvania? No, I've just seen trailers for it. Really? Yeah, I like it. It's probably my favorite Adam Sandler movie, which is, I mean... Take that for what you will. But, <laughs> so he did amazing work at Hotel Transylvania. Huge hit. Yeah. Massive hit. And he's like, I really want to work on Popeye. I know you guys got Popeye as a franchise that you can use. And 
I grew, he was like, I believe a son of Russian immigrants and Popeyes were one of the cartoons that he like grew up with. And he's, he did a, a tech demo. Uh, you can actually still see it online. And it's kind of in the same style as Hotel Transylvania, very zippy, very cartoony. And he wanted to do this Popeye feature. They even announced this Popeye feature. This was around the time where uh, that Sony email hack happened. Oh, yeah. And uh, right before this, they canceled it for no discernible reason. This is where we introduce the villain to our story, Amy Pascal. So Amy Pascal, she's a producer at Sony. She's the one responsible for screwing over the Spider-Man franchise and approving the, 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 the Ghostbusters reboot and just basically making producer decisions based on brand recognition. And she sent emails being like, I don't know. This is all revealed in the hack. I don't know about this Popeye thing. What do you think, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, director of the Lego movie? And they even said, Gendy's a genius. Uh, and she asked, will people recognize the brand of Popeye? And, she, and they were like, maybe not. So Popeye got shelved and the Emoji movie got approved. <laughs> of course it did. And so, again, Gendy, artistic genius, is getting sidelined by creator by by producers and such he also had a, a cg feature he wanted to do called can you imagine which looked pretty crazy there's art out there for that and they were like can you do another hotel transylvania can you do another hotel transylvania after that hotel transylvania and at this point he's like i'm frustrated i'm gonna ditch sony mm -hmm. at this point he's getting so much clout as a producer cartoon networks are like hey remember when you wanted to finish samurai jack <laughs> you want to do that and you want to make it adult and you want to show blood and you want to show it on Adult Swim? And he was like, yes, I would like that, in fact. So the long story short, if you stick to your artistic guns and you put out great work, even through the bureaucratic bullshit of Hollywood, eventually, eventually, even after the original voice actor Raku passes away, <laughs> you will get to be acknowledged for the work you do. And that is why what this show means to me and why Samurai Jack is such an important show. All right. So now we're going to do our reviews of the episode. Um, I like this episode a lot. I had a ton of fun and I would probably give it nine Samurai Joes <laughs> out of ten. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, his real name. <laughs> How did you know? Uh, I'm gonna give this. I think I'm I'm right there with you. It was beautiful to watch. It, it sounded so cool. Everything was amazing that happened on screen. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. For me, this was a ten out of 10. ten. Ten ladybugs. Ten melancholic ladybugs out of 10 <laughs> okay this Amazing. is where i reveal i may be a bombshell um and this is this speaks to okay i'll just say i think this is for me personally seven i would say seven scottish buff daughters out of 10 yeah it's it's pretty good i think i like it more than most samurai jack fans but i will say this is not the best samurai jack out there so if you guys liked it on nines and tens, I really hope you guys go back and watch some choice episodes. The first three are, are, are a good kind of example. It kind of makes a small movie between those three. Yeah. But since you guys reviewed it so highly and I'm like, eh, it was all right. I just hope you guys really go back and, and kind of dig into some ones that you might like even more. So it's interesting you say that because this is the next thing we talk about, which is will we go back and watch the series now? Uh, and for me personally, this is probably the thing that, uh, I am most confident that I will go back and watch of any of the shows we've covered so far. Wow. And that's mostly there's one caveat to that, which is that only if it shows up on a streaming service one day, because yeah, it's a Cartoon Network stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
it sucks that it's not here in Canada. Maybe it will show up on Netflix or or some uh, Adult Swim streaming streaming service at some point in the future. But all the all the HBO Max stuff is not here in Canada, and all of Cartoon Network's catalog, I believe, is HBO Max exclusive at mm. this point. Yeah. Shit. Um. Yeah. I would as soon as this becomes available. I am totally down to watch all of this. <laughs> it's great. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy. You guys don't even know. I, I love it when I love introducing stuff to people. And when they say they also love it, I'm just like, oh, my job is complete. Um, I have something to, to say to you and to you. I'm not talking to Chris or Melanie. I'm talking to the other you that's here. Um, if you like this podcast, you should consider maybe rating us. <laughs> oh, the uh, royal friend. you. <laughs> yes, the royal you. <laughs> consider rating us or, or telling a friend. Uh, we would really appreciate that. And more people can hear us uh, talk about random shit on tv shows um and like chris my friend chris here thank you so much for coming my friend chris yeah thanks for coming thank you for inviting me i was i i I hope i didn't geek out too extreme to you guys but i'm so so passionate about this stuff Mm -hmm. i love it i I like how you're you're within company of fellow nerds you're like man i geeked out too much what is this (laughs) that is what this show is about man you get me going and i won't stop yeah (laughs) um yeah check out Boozing and Bonding. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to do those quick plugs again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Boozing and Bonding, check that out on all podcast uh, stuff. We kind of are taking a break from our regular James Bond film stuff as the pandemic is happening, but we have a lot of random episodes where we talk about other Bond-related stuff. We're just going to start our Boozing and Bonding comic book club where we go through the co- James Bond comic books. Yes, yes. I started reading that, actually. I'm very excited. I am so. excited to do that as well. <laughs> uh, check out the older podcast I did, Geeks vs. Nerds. That is also years and years of geeky debates of a com- comedic variety uh those are all still up there you you might actually find our executive producer calendar val on that episode on that podcast <laughs> in one of the episodes you most definitely will at a couple of yeah. ones <laughs> and uh the other thing i'd love to plug is that i do uh i'm starting to do video game trivia online on my there is no easy mode twitch channel so if you like video games or even regular trivia we do regular trivia on there as well every once in a while I'm going to try to do every Thursday on Twitch some trivia stuff. So come on out. It's very fun. I host the thing. And uh, if you want to watch Samurai Jack, check out the first three episodes. Uh, uh, The Rave episode, Jack versus the Ninja, which is one of my personal favorites. And uh, yeah, you don't need to watch the one with the fork people who speak with Liverpudlian accents, but you can. (laughs) Dessert Before Breakfast is hosted by Mike Dorval and Melanie Germain. Editing by me, Callan Dorval. Music by The Brass Action. You can leave us a voice message at the link in the description or email us at dessertbeforebreakfast at gmail.com. 